Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd first like you to go over and check out other podcasts, High School Hoops, the five-minute basketball coaching podcast, uh, Funneled on Defense. Just finish this one first and then uh, pull the car over or stop your run and go over and check the other ones out, download all of them, um, But uh, and leave a five-star review. We love that. Uh, but we would like to give a shout-out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. Um they, we don't, I, I believe in this. I believe I don't have a lot of sponsors um, that I talk about, and Dr. Dish is one of them. I believe in this machine. It is great. It has helped our team. Um, you mentioned Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $400 off. That's all. That, that's probably the best compliment I can give is a lot of people approach me about, uh, about being me talking about them and being sponsors on here. And Dr. Dish, I believe in them so, so much that. Um, that's why I do it. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It is what I would have wanted as a young 25 year old coach. Um, I would have wanted all of these resources and, uh, you know, maybe it would have helped me, uh, win a few more state titles. I don't know. Um, but from someone that's been a nationally ranked coach, um, and had nationally ranked teams and won that numerous state titles. Um, this thing is everything you need to take your team to the next level. Um, we offer a 14 day free trial because we believe in it so much. Go over and check it out and let's head off the podcast. All right. Welcome to coach unplugged coach. Can you believe I do this seven days a week? I can't believe it. You're, you're amazing. It, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I was just, before we came on, I was at, I think I'm at like 1300 episodes or something like that. So you can tell I'm a teacher. I like to talk. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, So, and that's leading into um, kind of how I found how how Lee and I kind of connected is he was, I believe you were on my Facebook group or something. I don't remember exactly how it was, Um, but um, Lee, I, I started, I started digging in and then 
the funny the scary part is you start googling people and it's like oh yeah. this guy, he lives here oh he does this and um and found out that he was a, this this speed and strength specialist like like crazy cool stuff um and so i reached out to him, out to him. that's kind of how all this kind kind of came about um so uh let me uh let me lee let me why don't you introduce yourself and just kind of tell sure. kind of what you do and then kind of how you ended up doing what we're going to talk about with the kind of the speed and speed specialist kind of thing absolutely thank you first of all thanks uh coach for having me on we get the chance i'm a big fan of your stuff and you know a similar background we're both you know in the teaching field so i started out in uh, 1989 as a as a teacher, I was a phys ed teacher, uh, youngest of six. My whole family, uh, they're all, they're all were teachers. My dad was in it for 44 years and uh, coached everything. And so I started out as a teacher right off. I was a football coach, basketball coach, track coach. Did that for a couple of years. And then I went on to my master's. From there, I got into strength and conditioning, which was always a passion of mine and my family. We're always in fitness. Uh, but I never let go of basketball and kind of coaching. I was always around that. But I, over the years, I, I opened up like five different facilities. We call them speed academies because, okay. um, you know, as you know, it, it's uh, when people hear speed, it entices them, you know. Right. So from a marketing standpoint, speed academy, and we focused on very, very unique type of movement techniques that a lot of people weren't talking about years ago. And um so over the years, I went from being a 16-hour-a-day coach and, you know, working with athletes, and, and I've been a head coach of basketball and many sports for years, to now becoming, uh, I still do some coaching, but a consultant. I travel a lot, work with a lot of professional teams and teams and, and programs in Europe and different places, and, you know, and then I get the opportunity to share stories with guys like you, so it, it keeps getting better. And so, so what, what we're here to talk about is the, the basketball specific. How did, how, how did you, how did that kind of, how did that pivot yeah. into that? Yeah. So I was always, I played college basketball. I, I played four years and I, I was always, even back then I was enamored with movement. I just, and, and I, the one thing that caught my mind was I can remember my college basketball coach yelling at us. We'd be on the end line and he's having us run or condition and he'd blow the whistle and we'd have to go. And then he'd blow the whistle two seconds later. So go back. You guys are all do, doing it wrong. And I was a captain. And I can remember saying after a couple of times, I said, Coach, what do you mean we're doing it wrong? He goes, well, you guys keep, you know, taking a false step. I said, what do you mean? So, well, I played football. So I was familiar with the term because the football coaches never, you know, allowed that either. But bottom line is it made me watch film even back then the old projectors you know i would watch oh trust watch. me i remember those vhs yeah i remember all the. oh man so i'm watching film and i'm saying now wait a minute that everybody's doing that everybody's repositioning so that just kind of started this journey over you know 33 35 years of of I was fascinated with how we actually move compared to how we were being taught to move and told to move. So instinct. So I started studying human development and the central nervous system. And, and when, you know, when, if you shot fake me really quick, well, I don't have time to think of footwork. I just react. My body's going to do things uh, intuitively. So what happened is I started putting names to it. So fast forward to this, this, um, this basketball speed product that you're talking about, 
what I started doing when I was a head coach in all my programs, my kindergarten all the way up through, we try to get common language, nomenclature that um, if I want a particular type of movement, like a snap shuffle is different than a power shuffle based on where we are. And, and we can communicate that quickly. Like you might say to your players, hey, we're going to dump it in the post. I, I want you to do a post move. They're like, well, what post move? You do? Well, I want a baseline spin or I want a face up or whatever. Right. Well, now I can do that defensively. Like I know you're big coach on like when, you, when you're breaking a press, you like diagonal cuts, which I do too. Well, if you just say cut, you know how kids are. They're just going to cut anywhere. Right. But if you tell them the language from you, your assistants, to your players. Now, everybody's on the same page. No, I want a diagonal cut, not a straight right. cut. I want a diagonal cut. And a diagonal so cut's impossible to defend. It's impossible to defend. It's impossible that's to why, defend. That's why if the middle's open on a in football and you run a post route, it's impossible to defend if the safety's out of there, right? Because you cut in front, the defender's behind. It just and they don't want to get beat difficult. deep because they don't want to give the touchdown out. They don't want to give the layup up. So they always protect deep. That okay. diagonal cut is there. But yeah, so I think I think you've I think you what you've done is you've talked about for any part of coaching. Doesn't matter if you're coaching soccer. Doesn't matter what you're coaching. You need a common I, dictionary. You need a common set of words or or definitions that everyone is using. Um, and I think that's the key is that, that I, I love that that's the point. Um, so I, so I think one of the hardest things is to defend the ball. Um, I think it, it's what differentiates a D two player from a D one player. A lot of times yeah. or a D three from a D two, um, is yeah. usually they're lacking one skill, but usually it's like, you better, you gotta be able, I gotta be able to defend you. If I'm going to play at that level, I, I just have to stop you. Now, obviously everyone's playing man and helpline, all that stuff, but I got to be able to stop you. And if you, if I can't, then I can't play at that level. Probably. Can you help me improve my ball speed on you, even though you're faster than me? That's the question I have. Yeah. So if you're an offensive player and you have the ball I, and I'm the defensive player and you're the offensive defense. player, can you help me keep you in front of me? That's the question. Cause that's what yeah. I have guys that can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What one of the areas we have to do is we got to eliminate the fear because defensively we forget about it. We only think offensive players have fear of getting it stolen defensively. Right. They do the same thing. That's why you see them sometimes be passive. We have to understand if we give them logical steps and say, in this coverage we're in, you have help here, but you cannot get beat in that first five and a half yards or, or three and a half yards, or depending on where the gap is. I have to be able to do it. So now, physically, if I develop over time, and we've done this because all my teams, we pressed. And that's what I worked right. on my offseason. We developed great feet meaning physical strength in their feet, their ankles, their shins, tibialis, their calves. That allows, that's why sprinters are so fast. They have amazing lower legs and they get on and off the ground quicker. We do the same thing with basketball, but we have to have multi-directional movement, right? So we train those things into the athlete so they become faster. I have a daughter right now who's playing college basketball and my other daughter played as well, but she's, she's out of school now. And we sprint at least twice a week. They do lateral stuff once or twice a week if they're, if they're playing, if they're not playing a couple times a week. So they get faster at it. They get better at it. Their central nervous system develops better coordination of that pattern. 
once they have that, now it becomes intelligent techniques, right? So I, I can't have someone reaching and opening up too much. We got to be intelligent about it. And I can stop you better than I can if I were slower. Great offensive players are always going to find a way at some point. That's when you have team defense. But yes, without a doubt, we've heard Years and years, I've been able to do that with a lot of players and make them much quicker. And stance is critical. It people, is. people well, go. Here's one of the biggest mistakes, Coach. We tell players to get too low. The lower they get, and this is what I want the listeners to understand: the lower they get, the more power they need. Power is slower than elastic energy. So a rubber band is elastic. That's quick. That's John Moran. That's Russell. What? They're they're rubber bands, right? The players who get really low, it's harder for them to get through all their joint range of motion because they're just too deep. They got to go too far. So if they're a little bit higher, like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan played a little bit higher, but he was just so quick because he was very elastic. So we we tell the players what level to play at after I work with them for a while. We can kind of see their sweet spot. You can see, yeah. And the thing is, the, the problem is, I think sometimes they close out where they are, not where they're going. Exactly. You know exactly. What I mean? It's yep. like, great, you closed out, but he was there two seconds ago. It's like, that doesn't help <laughs> us. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, what's the hardest thing to teach? Well, one of the toughest techniques, you just said it, closing out is one of the toughest because I've seen some of the fastest, quickest athletes get just left in the dirt by, by players that have tremendous control on their shot fakes, you know, or or they're able to shot fake shimmy, get them, get them shifted, and then they go by them. Um, the problem with a closeout is we need to treat it more like a defensive stopping technique than a hard, choppy, two-hand high technique where the hips get shifted under. Now I'm less athletic because I've lost my biggest muscle to help me decelerate and accelerate. So we teach them kind of more like the NBA does because they have to close out so far. They have to get out. And, and yeah, so they run at them and they turn, you know, they'll turn sideways, almost like a hockey stop. And and either that or they'll run them off the shot. But if we, if we go at them and we chop, 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 and we do it too soon, what happens is we start to lose our position. And then they get, they get you know, they get shots off too easy. So you got to get in close space quick and early. Plus, it helps if you do work early. Move on the pass. Get there right. early. And, then, and then what I tell them is get in that bubble. You want to get in the bubble yeah. because that forces them to move. Like, That's right. you're right. It's like that choppy thing doesn't work. But they yeah. get in their bubble. People who feel uncomfortable, then they'll – then. but you – but put, push them the way you want them to go is what I said. Get, in, right. get into that bubble and push off. I agree. Um, yeah. Is there, is there different things at different ages that are difficult? Yeah, because of, because of strength. The great thing, here's the great thing. If like someone like you, who's, who's the, the, not only the head coach, but you're the director of your programs, right? And that's right. like, so when I was a head coach, I was in charge of everything and that's the way I wanted it. And I wanted to get the common movement. The great thing with basketball movements and speed, it really doesn't have a bias to age. So you can teach your young kids similar things because it's just like them playing at recess. They go out and they play, right? But what's more difficult is the level of strength. 
So younger kids, your seventh graders, especially if boys, if they're in a growth spurt, girls, if they're in a growth spurt, they're going to lack some strength and the ability to decelerate under control. So one of the things we do with them is we talk about breaking earlier than later. Don't, don't wait. Don't start breaking earlier. At least they're in front of you because if you run by them all the time, now, not only do you get beat, now you get your post player in foul trouble, right? right. So, right. so we just, yeah, we teach them laterally. They struggle just because of hip quad strength. So we, we just do basic stuff to teach them the pattern. As they get better at the pattern, central nervous system will override the lack of strength a little bit. And then, it, then they ride it out and then they get better as they get older. But yeah, it's, it's not different from what you would teach, but it's different how you teach it. Okay, so give me the give me the give me the synopsis of kind of how you how you break it down because I'm I'm I, I'm looking at the course right now, so I know what it is. But kind of what what would this what are the steps in terms of because it's interesting. You even quiz us as we kind of go along. It's kind of funny. Um, I felt like I was in back in school, um, <laughs> but no. But I mean, what are what is that kind of those steps as far as how to teach it and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So we we basically have several patterns okay there's there's like if we want to just talk about several moving patterns like seven of them we okay. have sprinting okay yep. which is important in basketball get up the court we have quick acceleration shorter we have lateral and then we have a, la- a lateral shuffle we have a lateral run some people call that a crossover like when do you lateral run. shuffle though i've heard lateral shuffle is kind of a dead thing like you don't really shuffle much in a game anymore you're supposed to r- well, turn and run turn hips yeah, and run you- rather than Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You still do because it's based on what's needed. Again, when you're hedging, you shuffle. You don't laterally run, right? That's true. Yep. If if the guard that I'm guarding is not at full speed, I do not want to turn and run because now I open an avenue because they can change directions quicker. So I'll shuffle there. So it's still a critical movement. It's just the the game from when you and I played is so much faster. They just go so quick, you know? Right, right. I mean, we, plus we had to dribble like Bob Cousy did. So it was different, right? Well, I tell, I bring out, I bring out this, I go, we wore shorty shorts, guys. You don't even, you have no idea. Like I grew up That's in the right. era. Like, are you kidding me? We had, we had the white tube socks with the colored stripes on. What are you talking about? Exactly. Like, hey, I tell him, I tell him there was no three point line when I was in high school and you couldn't dunk in warmups. You couldn't dunk. No, you couldn't dunk in a game. And when I was in high school, yeah. you couldn't dunk in a game. And yeah. they go, what are you talking about? I go, no. Half the, <laughs> most of the gyms I played in had fan back glass backboards. They go, no. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. What are you talking I, I was about? Talking, <laughs> I was talking to a coach the other day, and I was saying at one of the gyms we played in, the, the basket was on the wall. So you'd go in and you'd shoot, and then you'd brace because you were going to hit the wall after your layup. <laughs> so, okay, so, so you so, got the – yeah, keep going. Keep going on your yeah. – I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's great. You got those patterns. You got, like, retreating. Backpedaling is an underrated and undertaught skill in basketball because 
it's critical for transition and early recognition without me having to look always over my shoulder. I need to be able to face up. So we teach a specific type of backpedal. And then we have obviously various types of jump. So what we want to do is let's teach the foundation, just like basketball, teach them how to dribble, teach them how to do easy crossover, right. right hand, left hand, land. Skills are the same way, athletically, give them the basics. And then we can start to say, all right, well now, your, your opponent isn't going to go in one direction always. They're going to change directions, so you have to match that. Here's how we teach change of direction. Here's how I use phrases like stay in the tunnel. Staying in the tunnel means I don't want to rise up or down. I just want to stay level, reposition my feet, and then I'm quicker. So when we break down the skills, what we want to do is build off the general skills, the foundation, the fundamentals, and then we start adding specifics but will give context as you know this and being a teacher context matters to all of us but especially to kids because right. if i can say see why you got beat here's how we fix that now oh, okay now i get it right so when you can give them context now learning occurs even better so that's a right. basis of how we want to break it down for them and what do you and I see you have decelerate the decelerization? What is that? What are you talking about? Like how how the how you stop, how you two-footed jump stop? What are you specifically yeah. talking about in that? Absolutely. So we need athletes to be able to decelerate multiple different ways. So if you're guarding me tough and I'm driving hard and I want to put on the brakes really quick, maybe do a step back or maybe just do a drag dribble, go the other way. I need to have the ability to get into my hips, into my quads and decelerate quickly without loss of balance, right? So we're going to teach them how, just like the, the seven patterns of speed, deceleration has fundamentals too. And there's about seven or eight patterns we try to teach so that they can jump stop, offset jump stop like a closeout would be. We can stop laterally. We can stop on one leg like Steph Curry does that one-legged. We call it a knee cut because the knee faces forward. A knee cut, and then he goes into a quick jumper. Um, we got backwards deceleration moves. But, Coach, if these athletes learn how to decelerate, two things happen. Number one, performance that goes up because they're going to move better. But we also can reduce the potential for injuries, especially on the girls' side, which is about six to one in the boys when we start talking about knee injuries. So we want to do that for safety as well. Right. No, I, I get that. So explain. So let's talk about the let's talk about the course. So is the course geared toward me as the coach or is it geared toward the player or is it geared toward both? Who's it? Who's it? More, it's more of a coaching course, okay. but athletes would benefit if they wanted to watch it. But it's more for a coach like you and really at any level, because it's not difficult stuff. Nothing there is is difficult to understand. What it's geared towards is being able to develop the skill set with the language and then how to use it and demonstrate it. So right. you could easily take it with your program, not just your varsity team, but your program and say, hey, let's, if we're going to, and maybe you choose two skills a week. So you slowly implement it in the off season and you say, hey, we're going to work this year. We got a, you know, great guard defender. So we're going to drop coverage. Our drop defender needs to waddle rather than backpedal like some of these NBA guys do, which drives me nuts. Like, right. So we, we want to have that language. That's what it's for. So it helps you as the coach 
disseminate that information and have a nomenclature that your your staff can use. No, I think that's great. I mean, that's what I'm going to use. I told you that's what I'm going to use it for is I'm going to, that it's going to be small little pieces, especially once we get yeah. to the summer. It's like, okay, here's some stuff. These are things that for over the next six months that you can do. So the thing is, once you get the, once you get them into it and they know what, again, the terms are and what they need to do, I think it makes it easier. I, it, yeah. Exactly. It's, and I love that it's simple enough that you can just kind of watch. I'm a more of a visual than a handout yeah. kind of, um, yeah. I got to see it because then I can rewatch yeah. it. Like, what was I doing the other day? I was fixing something in my daughter's room or put, I was trying to hang something. I found the stud and then I got it. I had to figure out exactly what I needed to put into the drywall. Well, what do I, I don't go, I don't go and read. I don't read the direction. I'd rather see the video. Like I'm going to that's YouTube. YouTube. That's just me. That's the way I learn. I mean, that's just, you know, I need to learn something. I tend to go to YouTube because I want to watch it and see it. Yeah. Um, it's just easy. That's easier for me. But some people need printouts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I just so yelled to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will put the link down below in the show notes and stuff. Um, I'm gonna put this on YouTube too, so I'll put it down there so they can find it and stuff. Um, right. We were talking before we came on the air about like, so let's say I get into day three or day four and I've got questions. Then, then what happens there? And yeah, what happens when I have questions? Yeah. Yep. So anytime somebody signs up, they have our contact information. So we, I've had several coaches reach out to me um, asking questions, specific questions or general. Um, some of them want to know, well, like what's the best way to implement it? And I always try to tell them, just like an offense, you're not going to put every single thing in now. You got right. certain stuff in October, November, and then this, you're going to plan for January, February, and whatever, how long your season is. Same right. thing with this. Don't, you don't put it all in. But let's say I had a coach actually two days ago, we jumped on the phone. He said, coach, I run a one, three, one. How, what players, what should I be teaching them? I said, well, it depends on how you run your one, three, one, but definitely like your wing players have to be massively good at that power lateral run. Oh, that power uh, lateral. They got to drop fast in that. Yes. Fast. And the bottom guy's yeah. got to get to the corner. So his is more of a sprint almost than a lateral. Like he's got to sprint to exactly. that corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so exactly. So that person's going to use more of that linear acceleration stuff with, with really good jump stop you know, and, and, and uh, control, don't obviously don't run past the corner person. Your top person, depending on what you do with them, they're going to have that like the little quick snap shuffle because they don't need to get out of position. They just need to bother that next pass and, and make it make that player have to lob that pass. And um, so, so it's just really about what you like to do. If you're a hard man-to-man, you know, denial type uh, coach, well, a lot of that stuff is going to be have to be taught. If and here's the great thing about it, you can be on the bench or your assistants can yell really quick. They can say, "Hey, Lee, Lee, this is a snap shuffle, snap shuffle, right? You, you know, if I'm hedging, snap shuffle, don't lunge, snap and get back, snap and get back." Right. So it's very quick, very easy. Just like you might say, tell your offensive player to use a spin move in the post, right? right. Same so, so what do they? So what? So what do I need to be able to do everything in it? Do I need? I need a space, obviously. What else yeah. do I need to be able to do this? The great thing is really you need, you know, if you got some cones, otherwise you have athletes. So when I've implemented my teams, it's just during practice. We don't, okay. I don't use any equipment. 
Now, if I'm trying to, if I'm training a specific quality, if I need my athletes to gain a little more strength, we use these little elastic bands that are like $12. You can buy at Walmart now, right. those little yeah. loop bands, yeah. put them yeah. around the yeah. waist. And, and we would practice stuff like that for maybe 90 seconds. Each player can get about seven to eight reps in. Sometimes that's all I want. I just want a central nervous system adjustment real quick. And then we get out of it. And so it's very, very simple. So the reason I did it the way I did is because like your seventh grade first year coach can implement it. They don't right. Your youth that. coach, your youth coach can do it. That's the best part. Yes. Because exactly. we all know it's like, yeah, we all know there's a couple kids that probably could use this probably more than <laughs> others, to be honest with you. Yeah. I love yeah. that. It's, I love that it's accessible. That's what I was thinking when I was watching this too. It's like, shoot this would have even worked in COVID because they could have gone to a playground and done it outside. Um, and it would have worked. We did. We um, did it a lot during that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you needed something special. All right. Any, any, um, any parting words for coaches that have listened to this about, about speed, about maybe, maybe some myths about it or some special golden nuggets. I don't know anything that you would want to share as kind of a parting uh, uh, word. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So first of all, teaching is about making sure the athletes know it, it, it's okay to fail because failure is how that's why we're instructors. That's our right. job. Let, let us help you. So make sure that they're okay with that. And that because that's going to help them to be able to establish better learning patterns if they if they're okay with that. The other thing is just take your time. Don't like I'm real big on focusing on one to two major things a day. That's it. Now there might be variations of that. So if today is a lateral day, we might focus on a couple of those lateral skills, but I want them to leave having a win. So if we can all walk out of practice today with a win, we've learned something rather than me giving 10 things and the players are like, I know we did a lot. I just can't remember what I did today. No, I don't right. want that. So keep things very simple. And then some of the myths that I think we've got to be really, especially laterally, lateral is one of the main things. We need to make sure the front side of the body, whether you're doing a shuffle or a lateral run, has to open up. That's an innate characteristics of human being. If I'm escaping, okay, if I'm escaping, I'm scared, that front side is going to open, even in the shuffle and biomechanically it improves us. So don't let your athletes think they have to keep their feet straight. The front foot will open to help pull. That's going to make them quicker. Just watch any NBA game or watch the college games. Now you'll see those defenders open that front side. Too many coaches I see try to close them down. I see, it just, it doesn't work biomechanically and it's not as quick. So that's what we're, we're, we're meant do. to run away from the tiger. So we got to open up and run. So the tiger doesn't exactly, catch us. That's yes. right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I always tell them, all you have to, you don't have to be super fast. You just got to be faster than the next guy. Then you won't. That's what I always say. When we go, when we go hiking and stuff, as long as I'm not the slowest person in the group, I'm good, man. I'm good. I, go. Lee, thank you very much. I will make sure I put for basketball specialists, speedspecialist.com down below. I will put the link down below so everyone can find all of this great stuff. And I appreciate you coming on, coach. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, coach. I appreciate you. Yep. Sports Social Podcast Network.